On this podcast, we talk to thought leaders about feminine and masculine energy and how it shows up in our business, our parenting, and especially our relationships. We'll dig deep on any and all topics under the sun. Grab a coffee and buckle up. This is the She's the Owner podcast. Hey everybody, it's uh, Kara with the She's the Owner podcast. Welcome to episode 85. Um, we're humming along. We've got a lot coming at you for 2021. I'm super excited. And I have a friend of mine who we connected, I guess, a, probably what, a year ago, it feels like, or maybe midsummer last year sometime. Yeah, um, Amy Krause with us. Um, so she's a mom first and foremost and mompreneur. And she's recently delving into some entrepreneurial stuff that I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us a bit about what she's doing. Um, and this episode, just sort of to lead you into what's happening, we're, we're, the format is going to be to have you come on the show, talk about your business, talk about a whole bunch of things around your business. And then the last 15 minutes or so, we're going to get into a problem that you as a business owner or a challenge that you have. And then we're going to dig in and brainstorm it out together and see if we can come up with a solution. So welcome, Amy. Thank you for coming on the show. I'm very excited you're here. And uh, tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you so much, Kara, for that beautiful introduction. Um, so yeah, my name is Amy Krause. I am a twin mama. I am a mom. I am um, a business owner. I um, work with families, kids, schools to build self-esteem, empower kids to find the love within themselves so they can go out and share that love with everybody else. Um, I was a teacher for 20 years and uh, decided to pivot and do my own thing. Um, I was working with kids that were, didn't know where they were gonna sleep from night to night, to kids that had everything in the world that they could possibly have. And I saw a kind of a same theme. I saw those kids that wanted to be part of the crowd, but wanted to be their own self, but didn't know how to do it and were scared and came in in tears. Um, so, and I was tired of seeing that. I wanted to see kids go out and just be who they were, who they wanted to authentically be. Um, and so I work with parents, I work with kids. Um, I'm a mom blogger, so I have my own blog as well. Um, and just helping kids love themselves. That is my big thing. Um, I'm motivational speak in schools as well. Uh, so I go in and I fire these kids up. I fire them up so they can go, hey, I get that. I love myself. I want to go out and I want to let everybody else know just how amazing I am. So yeah, super exciting. Um, and we met, yeah, I think we met last summer and I was like, wow, this gal's a badass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I was like, yes, I have got to talk to this girl. Yeah. So uh, I started about, uh, it's been about nine months COVID hit. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, this is my time to shine and really get into what I want to do. Um, and really working um, hand in hand with these families and schools. Um, well, thank you for that. And thank you for explaining it. And I mean, this is, um, we'll have to watch because I feel like we could talk for six hours on these topics. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the first thing that's coming up when you're, when you're talking about it and we'll, we'll get into the business side of it, but like I have, as you know, I have four daughters, they range from the age of 33 all the way down to almost 12 now. Um, so 12, almost 20, 24 and 33. And 
it's, you know, part of, part of the, the conversation around masculine feminine is teaching the, these kids the balance, right? Like your, your, your twins are boys. I have one of each. Okay. So, perfect. Um, yeah. And they're nine. So okay, right, they're right, right. in that, that pre-puberty craziness that is coming up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, so Amy and I are doing the Tony Robbins, um, new world, new you challenge right now. And one of the things Tony talks about is the warrior, the King, the magician, mm-hmm. the lover, all of those things. And it's, it's fascinating to me because I think, so to backtrack, like when I look at kids in schools right now, I think it's a fucking gong show, like period. Um, my 19 year old, we let her drop out of high school and, and she, I mean, she didn't, she's going to do her GED online whenever she feels like she wants to, but she works full time in a daycare. Like she's very, very successful, especially at her age. She's fulfilled. She's happy, all those things, but like the school system in Canada. So I'm Canadian, Amy's in the States, but like, and I know there's some major differences between how we teach kids for sure. But I think it's so interesting when you talk about self-esteem around kids, because I would venture to say that a lot of them are not being taught to show up as their king, as their sovereign, as their magician, as the lover, as the, all of those, all, all those archetypes that we as adults are trying to get back to yep, because absolutely. it was so fucked up when we were younger, mm-hmm. because we were taught to shut up and listen. We were taught to never ask mm-hmm. questions. We were taught to do as you're told. We were taught to never look up. And I mean, I know there's a balance between a kid being a disrespectful little shit mm-hmm. and <laughs> being inquisitive and asking questions and not. And I think there's power in parents and, and I'll hand it over to you in a minute, but there's, there's power in parents saying to their kids, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead Absolutely. of just do it because I said, so I think there's power in having conversations around real topics around self-esteem and not just blowing sunshine up their butts because that doesn't help them in life either. But talk a little bit about when you think about the sovereign, you know, the king and the queen, when you see a kid, like, I feel like it's innate in them. And then we go and wreck it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We talk a bit about that. So, so as a parent, we want it to be perfect. We Mm. want our kids to be perfect. We're living with expectations that these kids should not be expected to have to live up to because we're living with our own, what was expected of us, what was expected when we were little, we were expected, like you said, sit down, be quiet, don't look up, do what you're told. And that's it. We were not told be who you are. Um, Like I said, I have nine-year-old twins and they could not be more different. They could right. not be more different. My daughter is sits in school, raises her hand. You know, she's that, she's just like her mama. She's a perfectionist. <laughs> um, whereas my son is totally the opposite creative. He's building things. He's doodling in his book when he shouldn't be, you know, and literally I just had this discussion. I got an email from the teacher yesterday saying, saying he's learning the information, but he's doodling in his book and he's not paying attention. And I'm like, hmm. well, that doesn't make any sense. He's no, learning, he, he's learning the information, but you're criticizing him for being creative. Right. So you're, you're criticizing him for being who he is. So why don't we instead say embrace that creativity while still understanding, yes, you can see he's getting the information and he's learning it. 
he may be doing it completely in a different way than the other 15 kids in the class. Right. But let him be who he is. And I think as, as parents and even as educators, we forget that we forget their individuals who have their own way of doing things. And they're not, they're not ours. Right. They're not ours. Like parents, like for, you know, every generation before this one, I think there's a a woman named Dr. Frasali and um, I think I'm pronouncing her name correctly, but she, she's, she did a post on Instagram. Like I saw it last year and I was like, Oh, holy shit. Cause she said, they are not ours. Like, stop thinking those are your children. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah. they're the people that you brought life to, but that's where it ends. They are their own person. And your job is to guide them, have them not run into traffic and do all the things. Right. But like, it's so fascinating to me when you say like, even in 2021, a teacher complaining about that, like, you know, like you and I are huge Tony Robbins fam jam you know, we believe, but like what, at the end of the day, it's about the results. Like I had a conversation with, I had an interview with somebody um, recently around um, their coaching practice and they felt they needed to do all this additional education to become a coach. And I said, well, I don't, I, I'm not paying you for your education. I'm paying you for results. Right. Mm-hmm. So your child is getting the result. Exactly. Who gives a shit, right? Like that's, and that's fundamentally like, I have a huge thing with homework too. Like at work, Mm. we're not, we're told not to take work home with us. Why the fuck are we telling them to do work at home? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and two, they don't have to sit at the table. They don't have, my son stands on his head and reads a book. I don't give a shit how you read the book. That's it. I reading the book that you're doing what you know, that 15 minutes of reading or whatever they expect out of you, you're doing it. My daughter likes to jump on the trampoline for, you know, 15 minutes in between doing work. Right. Great. You know, know, I don't care how you do it. If you're learning and you're being, you're doing it in a way that honors you go for it. Right. Go for it. You know, I, I just, you know, and I think sometimes we forget that kids are kids yeah. Kids need to be who they want to be. Right. Right. And cause you, you uh, ruin that for them as they get older. Right. Like, exactly. you know what I'm in, I'm 45 on Sunday and all I'm trying to do is figure out how to friggin' play again. Exactly. Exactly. Right? I can't be, and that, that bleeds right into the feminine divine, right? I can't yep. be fully in my feminine. If I don't know how to play, if I can't mm-hmm. be playful with myself, if I can't jump last night, I was on the rebounder singing old nineties rap. With my daughter bought me one of those star things that go like put all the stars on the ceiling. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm legit. I'm like, I'm a child. I want that toy for my birthday. But like, there's so much, you have to be serious and you have to blah, blah, blah. And it's like starting at these. Ch- and so like their self-esteem, of course it's affected. Of course the men, Absolutely. the boys don't know how to show up in their sovereign for the women. Exactly. And then all of a sudden we have all these girls who are in their masculine trying to boss everyone around because nobody mm-hmm. even at that age, right? Like they're not having these conversations. Your son should be more than confident to be able to get his work done and then also do whatever he needs to do. If it's do- yeah. like yeah. doodling, like re- yeah. when did that, when did that ever become a need for a phone call or an email? Yeah. Yeah. And I do it all the time when I'm in meetings. How many of us do that? But it's not the expectations. Take the word fucking expectation out. Take it out and let them be who they are. 
I, you know, for me, like I said, my kids could not be any more different as they should be. They're there, right. they're themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think we as adults or as parents are, have so ingrained in our head, what was taught to us. And we, we projected onto our kids, stop doing that, stop projecting it you know, deal with your shit on your own that you had coming up, stop putting it on your kids. Um, you know, for me it, and it becomes one of these things where we have, you know, my daughter, I, you know, she is going to run her own business someday. She is that she's, and I can say this with confidence, not, not that I'm boasting about my kid, but fuck yeah, I'm boasting about my kid. Yeah. I was going to say, don't even stop. Don't don't apologize. she is super smart for nine years old, super smart. Like literally the teacher has said, she's like, she's way beyond third grade at this point. And I'm like, fucking great. But at the same time, she struggles with those relationships Mm -hmm. with friends, those relationships with other people. She struggles with how to self-regulate and, you know, And this was a big factor in me stepping out of the classroom and working more individually was because my child was having meltdown. I would get phone calls, meltdowns at school. And I'm like, okay, what'd you do about it? And they were like, well, you know, we had to tell her to stop. Why? Why did you, why did you tell her to stop? Let her get that emotion out. Right. Like it is okay for our kids to have meltdowns or to have a shitty day. Yep. Um, and I, and I talk about this a lot. There is a why behind their behavior. There's a why behind everybody's behavior. You need, you need to plug into what the why is and how you can help them. Right. Um, and that's, and I talk a lot about that when I talk with clients and I'm like, well, did she not eat that morning? Did she, you know, did she, was she hopped up on sugar that morning? Yeah. Who knows, right? Did she not get enough sleep? Whatever it is, you know? And I feel like as adults, we just automatically go, oh, well, they're bad kids. Right. Or they need Ritalin or they need this or they need that. Here's what's interesting about your daughter. What I could tell you right now, probably if that's what's happening is like, so Olivia, my, she's almost 20 now, but when she was 15, 16, she started, she she didn't have meltdown. She's a super quiet, more introverted kid. I kind of wish she would have had meltdowns to be honest, because she started cutting actually. Mm. Um, So I was pregnant with who, with our son Finnegan and he, he only lived for 15 minutes. I I had him very, very early in the pregnancy. Um, and like another week and he may have still survived it, but it was just like days before that. And Olivia was about 14 when that happened and she did not know how to process her feelings. And you know me, like, Mm -hmm. this is how I've parented all along, pretty open and more so definitely in the last five years, but always very open. And so she said, I'm, I'm cutting. And I said, okay, well, where, first of all, where'd you find out about that? Cause when we, mm-hmm. when I was your age and shit happened, we would go drink or <laughs> we would go smoke a joint or something. Right. right. Cutting was not a thing we ever did. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, I saw it on social media. And I was like, okay, noted. Mm-hmm. You will be yeah. policed on there now, but regardless, she's doing the, the behavior. And so we, we got her into a gym with us. So she started to do some boxing and mm-hmm. kickboxing, work it out of her body. But like early on this kid, Cause she couldn't process the death of Finnegan. Like that was really what it was about. But early on at school, she just, she couldn't manage the bullshit she was witnessing with the, the other kids. And what I mean by that is like, when you raise a kid in the environment of personal development and two parents who are very, very conscious, 
our kids are hearing how to change your expectations for appreciation. Our kids are hearing how to be grateful. Our kids are hearing how to stop and think about what that person's model of the world, like all the tools that you and I know, this is how, and so when they're in the real world, they tend to have no patience for the bullshit that's going on. And that's what happened with Olivia. She was like, I can't hear one more fucking girl complaining about her dad, blah, 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 because it's bullshit, mom. And I said, I know it is bullshit. You're right. And, and the other thing is if she's an entrepreneur times that by a million, like this kid can see the holes in the whole system. And at nine, she probably can't articulate the holes right. that she's seeing, right. but she's seeing the holes. And that's why there's the meltdown because she's like, what the F is actually happening right now? Yeah. Like yeah. I fought my entrepreneurship till I was 40. Like I fought it. I thought there was something mm-hmm. wrong with me. Why don't I want to go to university? All my girlfriends are have commerce degrees and shit. And here I am bouncing from job to job to why? Because I'm mm-hmm. a fucking entrepreneur. And yeah. no one told yeah. me that when yeah. I was a kid. So I thought exactly. there was something broken in me. So you're she'll be fine. But that's yeah. why she's having the meltdown. She doesn't because she's like, I don't give a shit yeah. about well, all and this nonsense. It. And and again, it's those you know, like you were saying, you know, there's expectations. Oh, you go to school, you get a degree, you get a job. Right. We were as, especially as women, we were not told, oh yeah, you can run your own company. You can absolutely not. You go to school, you get a job, you get married, you have kids. These are your expectations. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, really? Like for me, that's how I lived my life. Yeah. I mean, I went to school. I got the degree. I got a teaching job. I got married. Then I got divorced and it was like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's happening here? Right. Like, that's not how this is supposed to go. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was where, when that happened, that's where I found my voice, mm. my leadership. Like I was like, no, no more. I had my kids 12 weeks later. I walked out the door with my kids and absolutely nothing because I, I was not having the toxicity that I was living in. And I wanted something better. I wanted something more for my kids. I was not going to have that. And that was when I was like, wow, I'm way more fucking stronger than I ever gave my self credit for. Yep. Um, so for me, it was making, and even now making sure that my daughter, especially, but both of my kids know they can do whatever they want. Yeah. in their life that makes them happy, that fulfills them and, and, and fills them up. And I will be there every second, a single step of the way cheering them on. Right. And that's, I think a lot of times, awesome. I, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of times kids don't have that. And that's part of the motivational speaking is I want kids to know they're not alone mm-hmm. and they have somebody in their corner. Um, you know, we live in a society where kids don't know where their next meal's coming from. We should not be living in a society like that, but it just shouldn't be happening. It, it, it makes me sick to think that students I've worked with over 20 years didn't know when they were going to eat again. The only mind boggling. Yeah, absolutely. Like in our countries, like in, in the U S and in Canada, for sure. North America, like Mm -hmm. I know in other countries, definitely things are different economically, but not here. There's like, there's absolutely you, you walk down anyone's street and there's cupboards are full. Like, yeah. why are we not, you know, and I don't, I don't understand that. And that, and truly like feeding the temple is, is, uh, you know, number one on the agenda. You need to feed yeah. the temple. 
because Absolutely. if they're not eating and, you know, even if it's not organic, which is always the preference, but like green stuff, stuff that comes from the earth, like what, yeah. you know, like even on that level, I volunteered in the schools for 24 years since I, I started having children. And then the number of kids who cannot read, but their diets are so jacked, yep. high correlation, right? You put Absolutely. them on a plant-based, even like healthy meats, whatever, whatever, like, you know, if you're not vegetarian, fine, but like predominantly you know, food that comes from around the perimeter of the grocery store, watch if you Mm -hmm. feed that temple and that's, that really comes into all of the honoring of a, of a person, like even a child, right? Like if they're getting the message that what I put into my body is honoring my body, what I consume from media is honoring the temple, what I'm hearing and saying is honoring, like imagine how different these kids would be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I had, and it's funny because as a parent, I had to find that within myself Mm -hmm. before I could then teach my kids that, um, you know, so for me, when I, like I said, when I walked away from my marriage, that was where I found me. I found my strength. I started, you know, like you said, feeding the temple. I totally changed what I ate. I totally started, you know, finding, you know, ways to keep myself healthy. And just within the past year, I've done more plant-based living and my kids are seeing it. Kids soak up everything they see around them. So why not put things around them that is going to honor them, that is going to build them up rather than the shit that we see on a regular basis on, on social media, on the news, Mm -hmm. you know, no, let's put out positive positivity and ways to build them up so they can in turn turn around and teach somebody else right and ownership too right like I think that's a beautiful thing that we don't we don't talk about is like because there there is this balance between being what you know quote-unquote like helicopter snowflake parent (laughs) right because that's a fucking (laughs) joke too like the don't eat I mean that that's dangerous behavior for parents and you know moms are much older now having their first like I was 20 when I had my first kid and there's women who are at my age who just had their first kid at 40 something Mm -hmm. right and so there there is a definitely wildly different perspective when you're 20 having a a kid than when you're 40 right you have more money you have more knowledge you all these things but their their accountability is a big but again like let's talk about the boys right like when you teach Mm -hmm. a boy to be accountable to his behavior he feels confident he feels like I own this behavior and they may not always like, I mean, I have lots of friends who have young little boys and that's what they teach them, but you can see the wheels turning where they're like ownership of my behavior means I can actually shift it. Mm-hmm. And as Absolutely. they continue to practice that, you know, it's not, they don't come out of the belly like that, but um, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating topic because you're really paving the way to create these strong feminine energy and masculine energy little beings who aren't going to grow up to fucking put an airplane in a building who aren't going to grow up putting their knee on a man's neck till he dies who aren't going to sell children to slavery to like you know our um tony's um foundation that he works with the uh underground railroad that stopping human trafficking like when you raise humans this way to um honor the sovereign and the divine in them all those behaviors just don't fucking happen Right. Like, right. And I think it's a big job. Good luck with that. It is. Well, and I think part of it is too, when we're talking about boys, 
we want to raise them to be strong and to stand up for themselves and to, you know, fight if they need to fight. Okay. Well, about yeah, their emotions. We, yeah. What about their emotions? Yeah. Um, you know, that, oh no, we don't talk emotions with boys. Yes, we do. Yeah. That's bullshit. If you think that you don't talk emotions with your boys, I talk about it all the time with my son Right. when he's upset and he will be the first to start crying if something Beautiful. is upsetting him mm-hmm. and I, I not only do that just melts my heart as a mom, but I respect that. And I think a lot of times as adults, we don't respect kids for who they are. Right. I think we want to change them. We want to fix them. We want stop, stop right. trying to fix everybody and start listening and having yeah. a conversation you know, you were talking about having conversations, open conversations with your kids. Yes. Have those conversations and let them know you're listening. Yeah. A lot of the times we get on the hamster wheel <laughs> as parents, as business owners, and we yep. forget about stepping back and listening to one another, even adult to adult, right? Start listening to one another and who they are. And you will discover so much more connectedness with one another that I think is so lacking in this society. Yep. And, and which leads me to when we are in our hearts, Mm -hmm. we actually care about what the other person is saying. Exactly. Exactly. And and that might be natural, but we beat it out of them Mm -hmm. because we're telling them to shut up all the time. And especially in school, right? Like don't talk. And I, and I like Canadian schools, I know are very different from American schools in that way. Like it it is quite a lot more hippy dippy here. Like there is still more that fluidity here. And, um, but again, like, you know, there's a balance, right? I'm, I don't like to see parents walking in and telling a teacher how to do things that are, you know, whatever, but I also don't like teachers. I mean, I, I feel for them because I think there's a lot of progressive teachers now who are like, yo, Mm -hmm. if I, if I taught 20 kids differently, 20 different ways of nothing's going to get done, we kind of have to do it like this. Right. But never, I I think, you know, don't make it bad when a kid is um, shows emotion, don't make it, you know, don't make it a mistake or something bad that they've done, honor it, talk about it Mm -hmm. when you can, but, and, you know, like, let's be realistic too, right? High percentage of bad behavior in classes, because some shit's going on at home. I was, I was a product of alcoholic, um, abusive parents. And I remember when I was 15, I went, I went to a private Catholic school in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And I was in my, you know, it was all run by nuns and and their Mm -hmm. other teachers. And I got smacked around the night before by my dad. And I went to the bathroom because I was face was swollen. I was, I guess, but I went there just to like cry a few minutes and go back to class. I didn't think anyone was paying attention. Didn't my teacher follow me in there? And she said, what's going on? And I just Mm -hmm. lifted my top and I, at the back and she saw there's marks there and I never went home again, but she was paying attention. Like that was a good thing that she did, but like, you know, honor those things, right? Don't make it bad. Don't make it bad that I just showed the emotion don't make it bad that mm-hmm. i'm being vulnerable because as women we yes. are definitely not encouraged anymore to be vulnerable we are mm-hmm. and that's you know that's my mission is to like yeah. undo the last 40 years of of this conversation where i don't need a man i don't fucking need a man to help me i can do this shit by myself yes we can do it by ourselves but if you're in a relationship with another man or with a man or a woman if the, the more you tell them you don't need them, the 
the more they're going to be like, well, you don't need me. Okay. What am I even here for? Yeah. Right. Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. And, and, and it's the same with kids too. Like when my kids are being feminine with me, right. If I shut them down, they're not going to be that way. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm busy. And I tell you, Amy, I like last night I caught myself. I was like, I'm, you know, I'm obsessed with my mission and my work and I love doing it. So it's, it's not work to me. So I can get caught mm-hmm. up 16 hours in a day. Yep. And Amelia was in my bed yesterday and she's like, do you want to watch me draw? And I was like, but yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> I actually, I really do. And I had to like take, you know, me, my take my deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And get present and dip into the feminine and be there in that way for her. I can go yeah. back to my masculine to execute the business stuff when she's in bed. But right now, right. here I am. Right. So yeah. let's and, talk. So, sorry, go ahead. No, and I was going to say that's a very huge step when you can step back and go, oh, wait, I need to be present. Because I think a lot of times parents are dealing with so much shit, especially this past year being, you know, teaching at home and trying to work and, you know, so we immediately want to react for the sake of reacting. We want to react how we feel rather than stepping back and going, they need me right now. Yeah. They need me to be present right now. So I'm going to be present right now. And Um, and PS, you get a lot out of that being present. You get a lot out of it too, right? Like we forget that. We're yeah. like, oh my God, it's all about the kid and I need to do it for the kid. But PS, when I'm present, all of my stress hormones drop down. All of my anxiety drops down because I'm present and I'm watching yeah. her draw a freaking animal on the iPad. And that's pretty cool. And we giggle and we laugh, but yeah, I know. It, and this year has been tough. And I think, I don't know. I mean, I still think there's probably, you know, the, the people whose story is this has to be stressful. That's their story. That's their emotional yeah. home. And then that bleeds onto these poor little kids. Like I, you know, I know a handful of people who I'm like, it's not, you know, you're, yes, this sucks. And I complain about being stuck, not being able to travel to the U S in particular. I love Florida at this time of year. Oh yeah. Um, but like outside of that, you know, we have food, we have a house, we're warm, we have Netflix, we all have computers, we all have self, like really what the fuck are you complaining about? Right. Like right. there's that perspective too. But- well, and that's coming from that place of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, that's lost these days. Like I, I have had to come back to that space of, wow, I have two beautiful, healthy children. I have a roof over my head. I have, I'm doing what I love. I'm connecting with people. I mean, everybody goes, oh, we're stuck at home with, you know, just having Zoom calls. I freaking love it. Right. Like I'm yeah. connecting with people. Yes, I'm not in person, but I'm connecting with people that, are like, like-minded, but opened me up to so many other things I never thought about. Right. Uh, you know, so, and I think for that, we have to find the gratitude within each day. Mm-hmm. If it's sitting with your daughter while she draws, I mean, how beautiful of a gift that she right. wanted to even say to you, mom, can you sit here while I draw? Yep. You know, some kids are like, nope, Sorry, I got my phone. I don't and need she is. She is. Oh my God. She's so preteen. Like yeah. it's funny. And that's the thing. Like I relish it. I'm like, you want you want to be in my bed? You want <laughs> like you want to hang out with me for a minute? Fuck yeah, get in here. Because she is quintessential preteen, like just discovered, you know, and we're 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 kind of 
um, we're pretty strict about what she is, what she can consume, mm-hmm. but she's very much into painting now. And she's very much into oh. graphic design. Like she's talking about oh, her business beautiful. that she's starting. It's cute because she said, well, I'm going to be a graphic designer for the a company. And I said, and all I did was this, I was like, what? She mm-hmm. goes, no. I said, what do you, do you want to make money when you're older? Yeah. Lots of it. And I go, then you're not working for someone else. So now the narrative is how are we going to build your business as a graphic designer and, you know, all these other things. Um, But let's, so let's talk a little bit about business because that's something I love, love, love talking about too. And that's, that's where we're, we're heading. So if you, if you had a magic wand, what would be, you know, your, this is what my business looks like at the end of 2021. What would, what would be happening for you? Like client wise, what would be happening to you revenue wise? Like what are some of the, you know, just so, so aspiring entrepreneurs who are listening can think, oh, this is possible. What, what kind of mm-hmm. things do you think? Cause I think we are so short sighted on what we can do, right? Like, you know, my goals at the end of this year are a half a million, like that's the goal. And if I'm, I can impact other businesses if I'm at that level, right? Because yeah. then I can, uh, the goal for, for, for she's the owner brand is to fund three small businesses this year for other women who are startups. That's awesome. Um, because it's really hard to get money as a young, as a woman in business, mm-hmm. especially a solopreneur, because the banks yeah. do not understand what that even means. Right. Um, yeah. So what are some of the things that you think about, man, I crushed it this 2021. So 2021, uh, and it was so funny because we were talking about Tony Robbins. I just posted on his Facebook page about one of my goals for 2021. I'll probably see it later because I'm crewing <laughs> the event. So. <laughs> Uh, so one of the things for 2021 is 30 schools by the end of December. Um, I want to get into 30 schools, community centers, obviously now, you know, going into COVID. And I was like, if you asked me this a year, I'd be a year ago. I'd be like, no, what are you crazy? There's no way that's going to happen. Um, yeah. So it's, and it's happening. Like I've already, I'm getting phone calls. I'm getting like people like connecting, but yeah, 30 schools. I want to get in, in front of 30 groups of kids to share my mission mm. and share my story. I was that kid that didn't feel like I was worthy of love, worth a crap when I was little. So, and to share that. Um, so yeah, 30 schools at the end of the year. Um, revenue wise, I would love to be at about a quarter million. Um you know, just starting, like I said, I just started within the past year. So, you know, uh, we're, we're on the journey We're it's happening. Um, and then, um, one of my other goals, um, is to, um, make sure, not make sure, but to have at least 25 clients, parent clients, um, by the end of the year. Um, so that's, that's my, my three big goals. Nice. <laughs> Business wise. So if you had any one thing that you want, so let's get into the the hot seat. So if there's any one thing that you feel like, you know what I could use help with or some clarity around, what would that be? And then let's, let's brainstorm it together. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is when, when I'm doing, when I'm working with my clients, working with clients, working with kids, I'm so, I'm in my feminine. I mean, really, I am in that space of caring and empathy and compassion, listening. And I'm like, okay, but the business part, you know, the logical part, I'm like, where'd that go? Right. (laughs) You know, where is that? Um, You know, so that, that for me is my biggest thing. It's just 
balancing those within business. Okay. And then the, the flip side is in relationships, I'm more in my masculine, like right. my personal relationships. I'm all about, you know, for me, it's, um, I take care of everyone else. Right. You know, I'm taking care of everyone else. Um, I'm a sing, I'm a single parent. I'm, I'm, you know, um, I'm out. I would love to be in a relationship with someone. And for me, it's, I have a very hard time receiving. Right. Uh, that is a very big struggle for me on a personal level. So for me, the, the business aspect is very feminine. Right. In my feminine energy, but in my personal, I'm more in the masculine side, you know? So it's very, it's a very interesting for me to find where my balance in the masculine would be for business. So that's, and that is, so oddly enough, not so oddly, it's a very, very common, that's, that's basically the, the issue with all the women that I work with is that when we're in our business now, not on all of the women, but some of them, a lot of them. So when we're in our business, we're in our hearts, we're connected to source, we're connected to all the things we need to be connected to. We're in flow. You know, when I'm coaching, I'm intuitive. I'm, you know, God's talking to me. Spirit's talking to me. I'm just, I just go. And then, so this is kind of what I can relate to this. So this kind of what happened to me when I first discovered all of this two years ago, and I really started digging into it was that I'm so into the feminine, I started to neglect the masculine, and I wasn't doing the business strategies required mm-hmm. to grow the company. Yep. And so this is not my first business or my first company. I have another company that I've run. It's a successful multiple six figure company um, in content writing. And so for years, it's a six-year-old company. So in the first four years, I was all in my masculine. I was all about hunting. I was all about growing and sales and like, how do we create processes and how do we blah, 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 blah. And eventually I got to a place where I was super burned out and I fucking hated every second of it, hated every second of it. Like, don't make me do anything with that company. And so then I started, and that's the science of achievement, the art of fulfillment, right? So then I started to look inside and I thought, well, I'm not feeling fulfilled. I need to find something that, you know, and I've been coaching for years, never charging for it. I've been talking this shit for years, never really intentionally. So I went into my heart. So last year, I really recognized um, probably midway through that I need to get my shit together and start making some coin here, mm-hmm. right? Because- I, and, and I, we, we talked about this on my mastermind yesterday. We, I can't have impact if I'm not making money. If I don't hit that half a million this year, there are things that will not happen. There's impact that will not happen. No matter, you know, people can say money is the root of all blah, 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 blah. We need money. Money makes everything a lot fucking easier Mm -hmm. and your impact. Tony couldn't do what Tony does. If he didn't have the money, he couldn't feed the people he feeds, save the kids he saves. Like none of that shit would happen if he didn't have money. So what you're describing is not uncommon. So for me, what I did when I started to realize I was too in the feminine and I wasn't working the business side of it too much, I got very intentional and I got very real with myself. And I had that conversation of, I can't do what I need to do if I don't have the funds. So if you start to think about your why you're doing it, and I don't mean just because you want to impact the kids, but like, is there something else greater than that, that you can connect with that will get you to do the things you don't want to do? Because that was really the critical piece for me was as soon as I started saying, I want to fund. So I know 
you know, last year and the year before that, I was talking um, about sending a thousand women to UPW. That was what I connected to. It no longer is. And the reason it's not something I'm connected to anymore is because I was finding that, that often when you send somebody for free, like Tony was saying yesterday, they don't do the work that's required. Yeah, absolutely. And out of the goodness of my heart, I just wanted to bring people to the event because it's life-changing, but it came to, I came to see that I was still holding on to some expectation around what that would do for that person's life. But also they're just kind of like, cool, that was an event. There was no skin in the game for them. So I really mm-hmm. thought, how can I further impact women? Cause that's really ultimately what I want to do. And I, you know, for now, for this year, it's how am I going? I want to create a, she's the owner fund where there's a lot of women putting in and we're supporting many other businesses. That's a big, why that's a, that's my big, that pulls me out of the feminine quite honestly, and puts me in the masculine. Cause then I'm like, I got to get shit done now. I can't talk about it. So maybe it, it puts some thought into an even bigger why, like maybe there's something even larger that you want to do besides the first level impact um, that will connect you to the, to the uh, masculine, getting the shit done kind of thing. And the other thing is, you know, at, like working with coaches, working with masterminds, when we're in groups where we're held accountable, right? That does wake Mm -hmm. up the the king and the warrior in you because you're like, fuck, I don't want to look like an asshole. Like I didn't do my shit this week. Exactly. Um, Exactly. I was looking at all these other people as they're in this, Tony. I'm like, shit, like that, man, I got to get my act together. Like something's got to switch. Something's got to change. Right. Well, and that's it. Like for me, it's, it's being in a group, being, having coaches, like I've had coaches for years and that's a huge one for me. And, you know, I mean, like, obviously I am a coach, but I, I, every coach has coaches. Like you have to, Mm -hmm. I really believe there's no other way to do this. Um, but so having that, but, and then, you know, just different processes, right? Like putting it in your calendar for me, it's like, I have to put certain things into my calendar to make sure that I get them done, but being conscious of it, and saying, okay, Amy, am I operating? Like, is this actually going to move the needle to get me to 250, or is it not? Is this like, and sometimes you have to ask yourself multiple times a day, you know, even setting a timer every 15, 20 minutes or every half an hour and just doing a quick check-in. Am I doing something that's going to increase my bottom line right now? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's powerful. That is. Yeah. Like that one, that helped me too. Like, it just kind of stopped me. And I'm like, cause you know, you can get lost in TikTok. <laughs> I mean, we get lost in TikTok. Let yeah. me fucking tell you, like, <laughs> I can burn many hours at night. And there's sometimes when I'm, but if I'm grumpy, TikTok puts me in the most happy mood. Cause there's so many funny things on there. Right. But mm-hmm. I digress. Um, so yeah, I would say a good hack put into your, your phone every half an hour, let a beeper go off, let your alarm go off and just have the question show up. Are you doing something to move the needle to 250 right now? And if the answer is no, quickly reshuffle and get yourself to doing that. Um, and there's lots of ways to do that. I mean, I, like, I won't get into it on the podcast, but there's lots of ways to generate, you know, increase your, your, um, like your buyer pool, increase the amount of leads you're getting all those type of things. But first thing is to really recognize when you're shifting and you're just doing the feminine energy, feel good, juicy stuff mm-hmm. and giving yourself a little, you know, alarm now. Like, I, I hope that you do that. Right. Um, alarm to just say, is this going to generate, is this going to help me get to 250 this year? Right. Yeah. And I think a big, you mentioned something really important too, I think is seeing your value. Mm -hmm. Like, you you know, you were saying, you know, you wanted to send, you know, women um, for free. Right. Well, 
is, is that showing my value? Like, is it, um, I had a discussion with my, with one of my, with a coach and he was like, no, you need to not, you need to show your value. Like, it's great that you want to help people. Right. But show them your value yeah. because they will come to you. The people that truly want your help. Right. Will pay whatever you're charging. Right. Or, you know, what have yeah. you. I mean, that's, that's, I think here's the biggest problem with our industry as coaching is coaches is that first of all, there's a lot that don't, should not be coaching. Like there is a massive, this is such an easy industry to get into. And I'm a firm believer that if, if I've, if like, let's say if I'd never started a business and I never, um, or I started like, let's say pre the content company, right? Like every business I had maybe did five figures, maybe like in a year, like nothing major. I wouldn't feel confident in talking to you about business if I hadn't built a six multiple six figure company, because I know how to do it. I know how to scale it. If I, you know, like I know the mechanics of, of business. I've done it for 20 years off and on, but now I can really look back and go, well, I know how to do that really well. And I think part of the problem is that, and again, this is super common in, in the coaches that are impact mission driven versus the ones who are just like, well, it makes, like, I talked to one the other day. She's like, well, it just makes sense for me to coach. I'm like, holy shit. Mm -mm. Like, Mm -mm. no, this is not, this is a, you're bleeding your heart with your, your client. This is not a, it makes sense. That has to be Mm -hmm. in your soul to fucking serve. And if it's not, you have no business being a coach, but so for the coaches like us who are mission driven, who really want to have an impact on the world, we have this belief that that equals no money that equals I better be poor because how can I take money for doing something that is in my heart? Well, here's how, and this is what the coach said to us yesterday. He said, if, if you, if, if I'm not charging you for it, you're not going to value it and you will not do the things you need to do for your life to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if, if that, if I'm really about Amy's life, really growing and changing, then I have to make it so that you have to have skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like I've proven with UPW tickets, you don't do the work and then you don't change. And then you can't go impact a bunch of kids and families and all this beautiful stuff. So it's like, we have this idea because typically spiritual people have been poor. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. And yeah. so people that work from the heart, they've been broke ass. So that's the, again, conditioning, but it's, it, it, it's the opposite because a, you need to make a whole bunch of money to impact people the way that you want to, and b the clients that you're helping the families that you're helping. If you did it for free or for low amount of money, they're simply not going to value it. Like they just won't. Um, so even when you know what your value is, it's still, you, you, you know, you have to get comfortable there. Definitely. Like mm-hmm. uh, my pricing since last year has dramatically changed, dramatically changed. And at first I was kind of like, Ooh. and now I'm like, no, I know how I can shift a person. And then I, it's yeah. like, you know, my, I, I, I mean, I talk about love soldiers all the time. That's what I'm creating a whole army of love soldiers, like through mm-hmm. my coaching, through the people I talk to. Oh, I love that. I can't create love soldiers if I'm sitting here whining about and being afraid to, I I have to know where I'm at to be able to serve in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's true. Like you do have to understand your value and then not, you know, when you're scared, here's, here's the thing. When you're freaking out about what you're about to quote a project on, text me. 
and I will tell you to fucking press send because it just, it just how it has to be. It just how it has to be. Yeah. Um, And I, and I really feel those people that see that value are going to pay whatever you put out there, right? Whatever amount you put out there, they're going to go, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm going to take that. Absolutely. Yep. Because they want it. They want that shift for themselves. So what do you, do you have programs set up already? Like, or do you just go in one-on-one or what do you, what does it look like for you? Um, so I do one-on-one. Um, I also do small groups. I okay. do a small group for kids. I do a small group for parents. Um, and how so many parents do you have per group? Uh, it's typically four to five. Okay. Um, I like to make it very kind of intimate. Yep. Um, and it's like a, it's a six week, six weeks, uh, one day a week, uh, usually on a Sunday. Um, and, uh, we go in and we dig into what is, what is, or how can we, I talk about motivational language, what language are we using with our kids to build them up? Right. Or not build them up. Right. Um, Maybe knock them down a couple pegs. You you know, and how can we, you know, how can we switch it so that we're using a language, um, that builds them up? instead right. of tears them down. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm doing a speaking engagement in a couple of weeks. And that was what the, you know, the principal, she said, can you talk about building up instead of tearing each other down? Right. And I said, absolutely. I was yeah. like, that, that we can do that is I could talk for hours about that, you know? Right. Um, you know, so just that kind of thing. Um, the kids groups, four to five, four to five kiddos, um, because they have to feel safe. Yeah. That, you know, they had to have that safe space where they feel like they're not going to be judged. Same thing for adults. So yeah. they're not feeling like they're judged. Um, right. And they feel they can be connected um, even if they don't know one another and they feel like they can be themselves. Uh, so that that's how I do that. Um, and then the motivational speaking is, you know, I would go in and uh, schools, community centers, you know, type of thing. Right. Amazing. It's yeah. going to be an exciting year. That is yes, it sure. is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. All right, my friend, that is the end of it for us. And awesome. um, so where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? Oh, I'm all over the place. So <laughs> uh, they can, all of my information, I'm on Instagram at Amy, the motivational mom. They can find me on there. Um, I have a website. It's called kindness starts with me. There's dashes in between each word.org. Um, that's where all my information about coaching programs and whatnot, a little bit about me, my blog. Um, and then I also am on Facebook. They can find me on there. They can look me up. They'll see me. Um, so I'm, kind of, I'm all over the place. Good. You know? Good. Yeah. Well, yeah. it was a pleasure seeing you and having a one-on-one chat with you after all this time. And yes. uh, thank you. I, I look forward to watching you grow. You're, you're in our group. So make sure you're sharing. And that's yeah. one big thing, right? Ladies like celebrating. And not being boastful, but celebrating, like celebrating those wins because we need to, for sure right now we need to. Yeah. Thank you so much, Kara. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Much love to you guys. Yeah. We'll talk soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.